And every moment of every day, your 17 trillion cells are dying and thriving again. They're breeding new ones. Every cell of your body, mitosis, which means it replicates, it divides in two, and it produces two more, exactly the same. Unless there's a genetic defect going on, if there's a defective gene happening, then it might not reproduce the exact same way. And so then you end up with problems. This is Dr. Millie and welcome to Eating for Meaning on the Double Diamond Hour here on TalkingAlternative.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm playing a tape in my head. What am I talking about today? What am I talking about today? As normal, I am talking about nutrition. I am talking about Eating for Meaning. Eating for Meaning is a year-long nutrition program that I developed borrowing or having learned over the past 20 years how we nourish ourselves best. And this is not a one-fits-all category. And so today we're going to talk about individualization and the individual diet, you could say, or how we eat as an individual in a way that's best for us, which might not be the same as our brother or sister or partner or children? And how do we come to identify what is best for our own cells and our own DNA and our own uh, cellular replication? I have just had a whirlwind of a time and all of my, my past two weeks really does create this show because we're all affected by our, our environment. And this show is broadcast live from New York City. We are at the Double Diamond Wellness Center on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We're located at 125 West 72nd Street, Suite 2F. And we are a wellness center. And I'm the naturopathic doctor here. And I've just been teleported from the past. Uh, for I was in New Brunswick, Canada for two weeks in the past, in the past two weeks, I came back on Friday evening and New Brunswick, Canada is like living a hundred years ago in some ways when you're used to living in New York. And somehow I grew up in New Brunswick, Canada, so it's not like it's foreign to me. It is actually home in many ways. And there are the most beautiful trees you've ever seen in your life. The trees were on fire and it was the most gorgeous scene. And for, in some ways, I was very fortunate to have been there at the time uh, to witness this beautiful sight. And that's so relaxing and so nourishing for the senses. And but the fact that there are so many trees, there's little else going on. There's ocean. <laughs> and I was I was moving my 94 year old Grammy, actually. And so I was packing up my Grammy and my mother was there and my Grammy was there. And my Grammy has decided that she is finished cooking. She's no longer going to cook. She's not going to shop anymore. She's going to move into the Women's Institute home uh, near at the border of New Brunswick and Maine, which means that she'll be more handy to me here in the U.S. And but she's not going to cook. And my mother was very busy packing and had, you know, had her groove on, so to speak. And so I was the cook for the for the two weeks. 
And I started rooting through my Grammy's cookbooks. So my old, the old cookbooks that she'd been using, there were the home economics cookbooks from the 1950s. And there were some New Brunswick um, delicacies and even more local recipes from Chatham, from Miramichi, where I was, which is extremely rural New Brunswick. And the recipes there are a lot about people who don't have enough. And so all of this good food is designed for people who don't necessarily have a lot of ingredients. And if you compare different areas of the world and how the recipes are formed, some areas are some recipes in some areas, for instance, maybe the southern U.S., some southern recipes have a lot of ingredients and a lot of rich ingredients, whereas new, recipes from New Brunswick tend to be made from, it's amazing what you can do with flour and shortening and <laughs> flour and shortening. How many recipes include those two ingredients? And so it, start, it made me start to think about how some people can tolerate flour and shortening possibly better than other people and more seriously we want to pay attention to what our ancestors ate and so one factor about individualization and if you're eating as an individual and for your own best health is looking at how your ancestors ate and this really got me thinking about um what to talk about on today's show because there are many different steps to individualization if you want to individualize your diet and we're going to talk about a few of these points today we're going to talk about what your ancestors ate we're going to talk about your own physical metabolism and how to identify what your metabolism is we're going to talk about your genetic makeup and the DNA diet and how you eat according to your own personal genome. And this is even possible to be, a, to be assessed these days. And we're going to talk about your own immune antibodies and how your body per physically reacts to different foods and how you can identify this both uh, within your own uh, daily routine just by looking at your own physical symptoms and then also how, what kind of tests are involved so that you can uh, maybe have a look at it on paper, what an immunoglobulin test, allergy test looks like, so you can identify maybe some of the foods that you should eat, some of the foods you should avoid, or some of the foods you should reduce. And so all of these factors do go up to, do go into the diet of an individual. It's very important that we pay attention to what our ancestors ate. And many people are familiar with a book called Eat Right for Your Type, Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And this book was designed and developed by Dr. Peter Diadamo. Peter Diadamo is a naturopathic doctor and his father was a naturopathic doctor. And so he comes from a history of, let's say, nature cure in the United States. And looking at, his attempt was to look at blood types and identify which individuals should be eating which foods based on what their blood type was. So your blood type is a marker of, first of all, it's, it's useful for different purposes. It's useful for how, who can donate blood to who, whose blood in, in cases of medical emergencies, if you need to donate blood or if you need to receive blood, which, which blood you tolerate and which blood you would reject. And so this science has been understood. Um, and the blood types are A, 
A positive, A negative, B, B positive, B negative, A, B, A, B positive, A, B negative, and O, A, B, uh, O positive and O negative. And so there's these eight major, four major blood types with two subtypes, RH groups, which indicate level of reactivity. And so the eating uh, eat right for your blood type is based on how your blood reacts when it's challenged with certain foods and whether or not your immune system responds by curdling your blood or and, and clotting your blood or if your immune system just responds by by being neutral and your blood just stays as it is. And so this is how... Peter Diadamo came to develop the eat right for your type diet, which traces back people's ancestry and traces back these different blood types according to where people came from and what the diet of that local land was. And I don't have the book in front of me, unfortunately, but for instance, O is the oldest blood type. It stands for the oldest blood type. And O comes from the hunter-gatherers. So O blood types tend to be meat eaters. And you'll find that what I've, one thing I found clinically in my practice is that people with O blood types do not respond well to a vegetarian diet. Some people really do need to eat meat and feel more energized when they eat meat and stay leaner when they eat meat, despite all of this information about saturated fat, meat having more saturated fat and being inflammatory, etc. I really have found clinically in my practice that vegetarian O blood types are tend to be overweight and tend to be more lethargic. And even if they're doing their best at achieving a balanced vegetarian diet, don't seem to do well in terms of energy. They might suffer from iron deficiency. They might suffer from circulation problems, cholesterol problems, even without meat in their diet. As that's the most clinically relevant thing I've, I've seen about the blood type diet. However, I do have some patients who have discovered different things about their their diet in that uh, they're not, if you follow the diet, uh, so for instance, I'm an A, I'm an A positive blood type, which is the agrarian. It's the second newest blood type. And it means it comes out of the, um, it comes out of the once, once, it means that my people were domesticated. And so my blood type comes out of the farmers and my family were farmers. And so we were eating lots of nuts and seeds and roots and grains. And we were the harvesters. And however, I don't do very well on a vegetarian. And it's mostly a vegetarian diet. However, I don't do very well on a vegetarian diet. So one of the faults of the eating the eat right for your blood type diet is that there are also sub blood types. So not only are you your dominant blood type that the that the that your doctor can establish for you by by checking your blood, but then you also have sub blood types and you might not be able to find out what those sub blood types are because it doesn't show up uh, uh, predominantly. And so this is an interesting, if you're, if you're looking into, if you're wanting to look into um, individualization of your diet, especially when it comes to different members of your family, not being able to eat the same things. Uh, this is an interesting uh, book to check out. Now, s- there was the first book, which is Eat Right for Your Blood Type, and then he developed a second book called Eat Right for Your Genome. 
And Eat Right for Your Genome really starts to look at the human genome and starts to analyze what type of metabolizer you are, whether you absorb certain nutrients or whether you are reacting to um, certain macronutrients, mostly fats, starches, and proteins in your blood. And again, they do look at this based on uh, looking at your blood and looking at the immune profile. And so we're going to talk about uh, different markers that we can that we can use as for individual eating when we come back from after the break. So this is my name is Dr. Millie. I'm a naturopathic doctor here at the Double Diamond Wellness Center. This is talkingalternative.com and I have this show every Monday morning. It airs live Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time or you can tune in over podcast as well. And today we're talking about the individual diet and how to individualize your diet. And we'll talk more about this when we come back after the break. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com I get up and start the coffee As soon as I roll out of bed Feed the cat and lift the shade And clear the cobwebs from my head Got lots to do before the evening I'm gonna have a busy day But first I sit and quietly sip my morning coffee anyway and so as a society americans do better drinking coffee and so this is a common question is coffee in fact good for you well coffee has health benefits it's it's a bitter herb it's the most popular herb 
consumed in the United States. We don't eat a whole lot of herbs. We might have a few garnishes on our food, uh, but we don't tend to drink as much tea as the British or the Asians. And coffee having a bitter principle causes liver detoxification. And so coffee does have benefits. Coffee is a stimulant. It helps perk us up. The problem with coffee consumption is that we load it up with with milk and we load it up with sugar and those things are just as problematic as the potential impact of coffee itself on us. And then there's people who can't really tolerate caffeine. And so, well, despite the fact that coffee might be good for the majority of us, people who are very sensitive to caffeine or who have high cortisol levels or who have been through a lot of stress might not be able to tolerate, or have acid reflux and have a very sensitive stomach, might not be able to tolerate coffee at all. And so the importance of the individual diet, you can't just eat in theory what is good for you is good for you or what is good for the rest of society based on research. You really have to tune in to what your own, how your own body is responding. One good example is that there's a large portion of the world that cannot eat dairy. Now, this might be related to having a blood type B or having a blood type A, not able to eat cow dairy. We know the Asian population cannot eat dairy, and it's also not in their history. It's only once they've been uh, colonized in a way or introduced to the global community and the world has gotten smaller that they really start to eat in a more American way. And then this might play off with with negative health consequences. So, for instance... When people immigrate to the United States, they are protected for one generation only from the effects, the burdens of the American diet, the standard American diet. Americans suffer most greatly from the negative consequences of food. We, we are over-consumers. We are over-consumers of very few uh, nutrients and very high-density calories. So we eat too many calories, but there's not enough micronutrients within those macronutrients that we consume. And therefore, we suffer all these chronic diseases that we talk about every week. Diabetes, heart disease, cholesterol, obesity, and then our arthritis gets worse. We might have autoimmune conditions as a sequela from leaky gut and all these other inflammatory conditions, which put us at risk for uh, years of chronic disease and mortality, premature mortality. And so... When immigrants come to the United States, if they come from an area of the world that eats fewer calories than the than Americans, which is almost everywhere in the world, eat fewer calories, and eating fewer calories is uh, is, is a risk factor for longevity, for living longer. Cultures and people who li- who eat fewer calories do better, live longer, have less chronic illness than those who eat more calories. And so, when immigrants come here. They are protected by their prior knowledge of food, what they normally ate, whether they normally ate beans or lots of seaweed or more vegetables and less meat or not as much bread products. But then within one generation, their children are right. They have caught up with Americans. So it only takes one generation for the exposure of the American diet to really impact the physiology and possibly even the genetics of the, that next generation. 
because we know the principles of epigenetics, which as which is that even though you are born with a certain set of genes, these genes do not determine the presence of illness themselves. It's actually the environment that surrounds that gene that determines how the gene reacts. So genes actually react by turning on or turning off. They turn on disease or they turn off disease. They maintain health or they don't maintain health. And it's the environment, our environment, that's our, our, the world that we live in, including the pollution. It's the stress that we surround ourselves with. And it's also the, the burden of the food and other uh, medications and beverages that we're drinking on a daily, be- on a daily basis that impact our gene genetic behavior. I just attended a conference. I attended the New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians conference yesterday, and it was a, it was a, it was a day to talk about mitochondria and mitochondria. This is too technical to talk about over the radio. However, I will mention that mitochondria polymorphisms are becoming the new it topic in medicine, especially individualized medicine, because we can measure genes and how our bodies are, how our genes are responding to certain factors. And then how our genes are responding to certain factors in our body, in our environment also determines whether or not we can tolerate certain foods, whether or not we should be eating a low fat diet or a low carb diet or a high meat diet. So for instance, our mitochondria gives energy to our DNA to replicate. If our mitochondria are depleted of nutrients, then they cannot give enough energy to our DNA to replicate properly. If our DNA are not replicating properly, they might not be replicating as often. So we might be aging prematurely. So we don't have as much DNA in order to produce that energy. Mitochondria, I should go back, are the power plants of the cell. So every single cell has a mitochondria that's producing our chemical energy for the body. So it's producing our ATP, it's producing, it's taking calories that we eat, and it's converting the calories that we eat into energy. This happens inside the cell and it happens in an organelle called the mitochondria. The mitochondria communicates with our DNA, with our genes, and tells our genes what to do. And so at this point in medical science, we can understand what our mitochondria is doing, how our mitochondria is responding to the food that we eat, whether or not certain nutrients are, are, are present or lacking, and how it's impacting our DNA. Now, there's still more questions than there are answers, but people have tried and attempts are being made to understand the genetic reaction to food based on some of these factors, how much energy, how our body uses energy, how our body burns energy, and whether or not we have problems with different things such as we can look at, you can go and get your genes looked at, and you can look at your GDFS gene looked at to see if you have a problem with fat absorption. You can go to a a doctor's office and they can prescribe a genetic test and they can look at the PPAR-G, which looks at the mobilization of fat. So whether whether or not you create lipomas, which store fat under your skin, these big fatty blobs, whether or not you create enough bile with your cholesterol and so that you can digest fats. 
or whether or not your fat all turns to cholesterol and you get a fatty liver or you get uh, central obesity. And so we can look at these genes and see what our tendencies are uh, with food. Even the gene called the ACE gene will measure our muscle efficiency. So whether our muscles are using magnesium and protein efficiently in order to rebuild itself uh, after exercise or whether we have a tendency towards muscle wasting. And so this is the future of medicine, um, but it does get a little bit haywire because for the average person, they can't possibly understand what their genes are doing. They can't possibly understand the, 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 the names of the genes and what, let alone what the genes are causing and what that could possibly mean to their diet. So what does that mean for you as a as a person just living and breathing and trying to do their best with their diet, because you know, you can't do everything that your neighbor is doing or that even that your even that your partner is doing, but you can look at your own factors in a way that you can understand better. So you can journal, you can write down everything that you eat for one day, three days, seven days, you can start to look at from an objective point of view what foods you're including, what meals you're skipping, what impact that is having. If you're skipping lunch, are you eating a large dinner or are you eating very late at night and then you're getting heartburn? So after you've written down all the foods that you're eating, then you can start to look at and identify what symptoms you're having. You can identify... Are you feeling bloated after you're eating a meal? And are you eating, are you feel, feeling bloated after you eat every meal or is it only after certain meals? So if you feel bloated after you eat lunch on Wednesday, but you don't feel bloated after you eat lunch on Thursday, then look at what you wrote down that you eat at lunch on Wednesday that might be causing that bloatedness. It could be an automatic reaction just to take a Tums if you feel nauseous or just to put a Band-Aid on it instead of really trying to identify that it could be the food that you're choosing that are causing these symptoms. And so the benefit of writing it down is that you don't have to remember, you know, you don't have to remember it. You don't make a mistake. You have it there in front of you. It's not about... Uh, pretending that you didn't eat something or it's not about being perfect. It's really so that you can do a scientific experiment with yourself and have a look at what you're truly eating and what truly might be eliciting these symptoms. Do you get uh, belching or uh, burning sensation or an acid stomach after you have your cigarette in the morning? Or do you get those feelings after you eat tomato sauce or uh, do you have a loose stool after your breakfast? Are you, do you have diarrhea after every breakfast? And if so, is there milk in your breakfast? Or is, is there banana in your breakfast? Maybe you don't react to, to either one of those foods. And oftentimes, it's the foods that we like the most and that we eat the most often that are causing that reaction. And so this is called food journaling. And for the purpose of identifying which foods are individually bothering you. And this can, this is a really excellent tool. I, I think that this is the mo one of the most important tools in identifying uh, which foods without any lab tests are serving you well or not. Do you get energized after eating or do you get fatigued? If you're fatigued at, 
in the middle of the afternoon, what do you, what are you eating for lunch? Maybe you're eating too much bread. Maybe you're not eating enough protein. So we're going to talk more about this and how we can check out our blood work, our labs to identify and confirm whether or not foods are good for us as an individual when we come back after the break. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Yes, you do have to be you. No doubt about that. And uh, I hope you all tuned in to Waking Up with Aurea because he talks a lot about that, how you be you. And we are also talking about that today here on the Eating for Meaning show on the Double Diamond Hour. I'm your host, Dr. Millie, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a nutritionist. And we're talking today about how to eat for your own individual needs. 
we could say the individual diet, so to speak, but by saying that I'm not talking about necessarily a weight loss diet and I never am when I'm, when I'm talking about diet, I'm, I'm usually talking about how to maintain wellness, how to improve your wellness how to heal your cells and heal your digestion and reduce inflammation that's causing stress on your arteries and your blood pressure and how to go from having high bad cholesterol to high good cholesterol and, and protect your, your ticker and your brain on those counts as well as lower your blood sugar and keep it stable. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about the purpose of diets or eating plans or eating for meaning. It's all about how to create health. And in creating health, then the healthy version of you in creating health can compete with the unhealthy parts of you. And this is how we restore ourselves to balance or to a, even if it's a new balance. So I mentioned uh, we got a little bit technical and complicated talking about genetics and the possibilities of uh, eating according to what our genes are saying that we can eat and we can absorb and we can regulate and we can mobilize and we can do and what we cannot do from a genetic point of view. And those tools can be, uh, those tools can be very useful for people who have a lot of problems with food or have a lot of problems losing weight or changing their cholesterol, despite the fact that they've done a lot of whole food eating. Um, some people really do have a stubborn metabolism and despite eating very healthy, might not be able to lose weight or might not be able to reduce blood pressure or they're might in the process of trying to get healthy if your kidneys are impaired or if your blood, sh blood sugar is high, then you might want to investigate some more technical laboratory tools in order to help you out. A lot of times... There's, uh, in, when it comes to eating as an individual, there's some other factors that are involved that we can assess in a more simple way. We can assess our, our metabolism, for instance, and you can get a scale or you can come see me here at the Double Diamond Wellness Center and we can measure your anthropomorphic values. So we can look to see, yes, what your weight is. We can also look to see what your muscle mass is, what your fat percentage is. We can look to see what your body mass index is, which is really just, um, uh, it's a very kind of gross or loose, loosely based uh, assessment tool comparing your weight to your height. I don't, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it. Um, we can also assess though, we can assess your resting metabolism and based on your lean muscle mass and your fat mass, we can assess how many calories you need, your body burns per day without doing anything. So while at rest. So if you have a high metabolism, that it means that your body actually doesn't, that your body burns more calories while at rest than it stores. And so you don't have to be exercising all day long in order to be burning calories. You're burning calories while you're sitting down and watching television or reading a book. You're burning calories while you're eating. You're burning calories while you're sleeping if you have a high metabolism. Whereas if you have a low metabolism, then your body is generally in storage mode and your body is conserving energy, maybe 
maybe because it doesn't know when it's going to eat next, or maybe because it's mounting an inflammatory response against your food and it's um, converting uh, fat calories into calories. Uh, into fat fat cells into the, in the body and even in the internal organs it can be doing this and so in order to change your metabolism you want to look at your how you eat so you want to look to see if you're eating breakfast your eating breakfast sets your metabolism on a daily basis and you want to make sure that you're eating uh that you're eating protein as well as good fats and and carbohydrates at breakfast. And then you want to make sure that you're eating every three to four hours in order to, to set your metabolism. Now, some people's metabolism responds better with they eat three meals per day, whereas other people's metabolism responds better if they eat six small meals a day. It also depends on your lifestyle and whether or not you have time to eat six meals a day. Some people feel over full or like they cannot digest food if they eat a full plate of food. And they find that they become more leaner and if they're eating smaller meals. And this is something that we can assess in the office. It's hard for you to assess on your own, but you might be able to know based on what your pattern is right now, whether or not it's working for you. There can be some other things that affect your metabolism, such as a leaky gut. So the root of health is in your digestive tract. And so if your digestive tract is responding well to your food, then you're more likely to have a better metabolism than if your digestive tract is not responding well to your food. Your digestive tract is where it houses 70% of your immune system. So when we think of the immune system, we tend to think of our white blood cells. We tend to think of our blood, but really a majority of the immune system is in your digestion. It's in the pyrus patches of your small intestines, which is an area that is surrounded by good bacteria and helps maintain a low level of inflammation and also helps with the absorption of your food. In order for your food to be absorbed properly in your digestive tract, after, your, after the stomach empties it, the, that's where the majority of absorption and assimilation happens of your nutrients and calories. And there has to be very little space between the cells of your intestine. If, there are cel- if there's spaces in the cells of your intestine, that means that, that your, body's, your body really should have a very tight, if you think of it as a very small uh, filter, very small gauge filter, it's not allowing very many things. It's only allowing the most smallest particles to be reabsorbed into your bloodstream through your digestive tract wall. If, if your digestive tract has been injured with inflammation, due to poor eating choices or due to medication or due to illness, then your digestive tract is going to allow bigger particles. And so the mesh filter is not as small anymore. It's actually loose. It's like when your tennis racket busts a string and you can fit a whole ball through there instead of keeping the ball on this, on one side of the racket. So your, your, your intestinal lining will do this and it will allow for more Larger molecules such as proteins, fats, sugars to seep through. And depending on your own physical constitution and depending on what kind of injury has happened to your digestive tract, 
It might let fructose pass by, so you might not be able to uh, absorb fructose properly, which is uh, fruit sugar, or it's in concentrated form from corn syrup. You might not be able to let proteins pass by, such as, uh, or you might let too many proteins pass by, such as gluten or gliadin from wheat, and not be able to absorb that, uh, and, and have a and mount an immune response to that. And so if you're letting these molecules pass, which really should be either broken down or, uh, or swept through into the, into the waste matter, then your body will mount an immune response and get swollen. And this swelling can cause you to have individual reactions to foods. Now there is a blood test called IgA and IgG testing that you can get done. You can do it. You can come in here to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and have it done, or you can go to your doctor and get. Uh, you can get it. You can get some version of it done at your doctor, and it looks at how your blood is responding in an immune uh, environment to individual foods. So when we were talking about Peter Diadamo's a book, Eat Right for Your Blood Type, and I said that he was looking to see which foods curdle your blood and which foods allow your blood to flow normally. That's what the IgG and the IgA testing are doing. The IgG and the IgA testing are looking at individual foods when they're challenged on your blood to see what type of immune reaction you have. So... It can be a very beneficial tool because it looks at 96 different foods. And so it goes through all of your, and doesn't just look at milk. It looks at the casein, which is one of the proteins for milk. It looks at the whey, which is another uh, whey protein powder comes from dairy products is another protein in milk. It looks at the, the whole milk. It looks at cheddar cheese. It looks like mozzarella cheese. It looks at goat's milk. Uh, it looks at yogurt. And it, so it looks at all these individual components of food. It looks at wheat as a total. It also looks at gluten. It looks at different seafoods such as clam, cod, crab, halibut, and sees if your, if your blood is mounting an immune response, which is essentially means that your blood is rejecting these foods and it's telling your body that it cannot digest or tolerate these foods. These foods are foreign and that it's causing an immune dysfunction. And this can cause a lot of illness going on. So moving up, moving forward and a lot of inflammation and really break down further this area of immune system in your digestive tract. And so having these tests can be really beneficial because it can weed out the process of you going through it by yourself and not having to identify uh, as on your own which foods you're reacting to. And what's more is that we're not necessarily reacting ever to a food we're not necessarily generating symptoms, I should say, to a food, even though our body might be mounting an immune reaction to it. So food allergy testing can be an interesting process. It's not 100% foolproof. It is, it, you do respond more if you have been eating the food. If the foods are something that you have not been including into your diet, then you might be le less likely to get a response to it. This is one reason why we mount a greater re immune reaction to foods that we include in our diet on a daily basis. And so because our food has become accustomed and our food can start to reject them, so to speak, when it comes to our immune response to that food. And so 
these are different ways that we can determine how we should individualize our diet. So, so far we've talked about metabolism. We've talked about the, our DNA. We've talked about our immunoglobulins, our immune response. And we've talked about eating right for your blood type, knowing if you're an A, B, A, B, or O blood type. This is Dr. Millie. We're going to talk more about the individualization of the diet when we come back after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternatives.com. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. I got the power, you got the power, we got the power. I got the power, you got the power, we got the power. All right. And you do have the power. And so we're going to talk about in this last segment how to put it all together. And so some people, part of it's based on personal choice. Some people really want to get all their testing done and know what the lab tests are telling them and get assessed and then start working on following the recommendations from the lab test. But with one, I would, I would say that that is fine, 
but with one caveat in that you still have to do the work to identify how you feel after eating certain foods, regardless of how sophisticated the testing is. So even if you go through all the genetic testing and find out if you're a good fat absorber and see if you're a good, if you have good or bad muscle efficiency and see if you have good weight loss resistance or bad weight loss resistance, and then you still have to do some exploratory work to determine which individual foods are working for you. Similarly, if you go through the food allergy testing, maybe you go to your medical doctor and you get IgE tests done and your, IG, your doctor will look at your IgE for gluten and for also for pollens and other environmental allergens. You come to your naturopathic doctor, you get your IgE and your IgA tested for 96 foods. And I'll tell you whether or not your immune system and your lymphatic system and your digestive system are reacting to these individual 96 foods. But you still have to do some um, avoidance and then reintroduction of foods. And I will also say the benefit is that if you go through the challenges of eliminating and then reintroducing foods into your diet, it is and you eliminate successfully for a long enough period of time, the foods that are causing inflammation, it is possible that over time, you can include these foods again, this is not a eliminate Uh, bananas or avocados for life type of situation. And if you don't pay attention to the negative, the bad response that foods are having on your body, if you ignore this, then what tends to happen over time is that people find that they can eat fewer and fewer foods, that they react to more and more foods and that they get inflammation. And inflammation can be signaled anywhere from if you get stuffy, if you're stuffy all the time and you have a hard time breathing, you're tended towards sinus issues, or if, uh, You have a hard time breathing generally, but then at allergy season, it really gets a lot worse. That can be a sign that you have food sensitivities and that you need to individualize your diet. If you get uh, pain, numbness, smarting, tingling, um, uh, burning sensations anywhere from your tongue to your stomach, all the way down to your anus, if you get itchy in any parts of of your digestive system, if you get bloated or gassy or or irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, any of these digestive symptoms from from the top of your tongue down to your anus, any digestive symptoms can be a reaction of foods that your body's having, uh, the, the reaction of foods on your body, on your digestive tract. And over time, this can lead to a lot worsening of the digestion and of the assimilation of your nutrients. And so what I recommend starting with is really paying attention to your own body's response to foods. And so you can choose to go through an individual protocol such as the blood type diet. You can use this as a, as a basic framework and go to your doctor if you don't, or go donate blood. And then when you donate blood, they can tell you what your, what your blood type is. And if you don't know already and follow along the guidelines of the blood type diet, see if any of those foods that it recommends that you include are foods that you're not eating and how you feel when you include those foods and which foods, and if there's any foods that the blood type diet tells you to avoid, 
think back and, and pay attention and notice if those foods are not good for you. Uh, even if you don't have an anaphylactic reaction to peanuts, even if you're not technically allergic to peanuts, so to speak, does not mean that peanuts are necessarily right for you. They might cause a lot of congestion or orange juice might cause a lot of congestion for you. And so, or milk, milk might cause a lot of congestion. And if you cannot breathe properly, then you're more, have a larger tendency to get sleep apnea, to be overweight, to uh, develop heart disease and blood pressure problems and kidney problems if you cannot breathe properly. And so somebody might think that uh, having a stuffy nose is normal for them, or that's just the way they are. But there is definitely something that you can do, uh, in order to determine, to, to determine what the cause of that is and then resolve it. And so if you do follow something like the blood type diet, or if you just choose to go through your own process of elimination by journaling, writing down all the foods that you eat and paying attention to any symptoms you have, you might need to work with a naturopathic doctor or a nutritionist in order to to see the patterns. Sometimes it can be very difficult to see the patterns in front of the, uh, in front of our faces. But also sometimes I find people have a hunch or people kind of knew that that food was not good for them and just didn't want to face it or really didn't believe that it could actually cause as many symptoms as it does. And so really benefit a lot and are surprised, sort of surprised, kind of surprised to learn, but they knew it really, that withdrawing that food from their diet would actually have remarkable health effects. And so the other issue with individualization, especially when it comes to the generation of inflammation in the body or your immune reaction to foods, is that, for instance, if you can have partial reactions to foods. So you might not be great with eggplant. You might not be great with potatoes. But if you eat them separately, maybe you don't feel that joint pain or maybe you don't feel that burning you know, stomach acid problem. Whereas if you eat potatoes and eggplants together, or if you eat tomatoes and eggplants together, you might notice that that is really an issue for you. Or that every time you eat eggs, you get eczema above your eyelids. Or all of these uh, peculiar problems that you're getting might be as a result of uh, and the accumulation and the combinations of the foods that you're eating. And that is highly individual. That is highly individual. We all have tendencies potential tendencies to not tolerate certain foods based on all of these factors from our, how our ancestors ate. Eating how your ancestors ate is a good type of simp is a good way to return to a diet that's really right for your constitution. If you know how your ancestors ate, even if they ate pork and cabbage, or even if they ate uh, white rice and raw fish, or even if they ate uh, lots of beans with gravy. So even if they ate foods that are not traditionally or technically what we would consider healthy, if your ancestors ate them, then your body might already be able to absorb it and digest it better than a food from a foreign culture. And so this is another way that you can uh, kind of restructure your diet around uh, the principles of what your ancestors ate or even according to 
the blood type diet or according to what your what your own constitution is. Now, up next is Monty Taylor. And I know he has lots to say about your own constitution as it relates to astrology. And so I can't wait to hear what he has to say about that and more. And uh, I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. Oh, and so this is Dr. Millie. This is the Eating for Meaning program on the Double Diamond Hour. And if you have any questions about how to individualize your diet or what principles that you can use to start uh, uh, selecting foods differently, then be in touch. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 